Yes, sir. Welcome back, everyone, to the Stirred Not Shaken podcast, podcast about how to drink better. We are coming to you live from Lincoln, Nebraska, and my name is Ethan Nelson. Sitting across from me is the ever so lovely Kyler Ost. You, Kyler. You treat me so well. What's going on, man? How was your day? It was it was pretty good. Got uh, overslept and uh, <laughs> missed my first little like work appointment and then essentially walked up and was like, I'm very sorry. And then I came here and worked and now we're here. So it was a pretty good day. Sounds like a pretty good day. How was your day? Sounds like a fairly busy day. Uh, my day was uh, my day was interesting. Um, so I took the afternoon off from uh, my day job up in Omaha, Ooh. Uh, thinking that I was going to have the afternoon off. <laughs> but um, that turns out, out our distributors here at the Capital Cigar Lounge decided to deliver on a Wednesday, which has they did never happened before. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Literally never. I don't like I was floored. I was floored. <laughs> I showed up and I was like, damn, is it Thursday? Nope. Completely threw me for a loop. I <laughs> like I was like I was just on my way here. I was gonna like drop one thing off or I don't know. I was just gonna do like one thing here. And then all of a sudden I I mean Kyler calls me while I'm on my way here. They're like Hey, so the Mills guys are here. So the Mills guys are here. They want money. <laughs> like, excuse me? Are you talking by, about a hypothetical situation that we will deal with tomorrow? I, did, I actually physically had to check my watch. I'm like, what fucking day is it? Mm. But um, other than that, it was a fairly okay day. Hell yeah. Honestly, it was made a whole lot better by... Um, us bullshitting here in the studio before hell yeah we we did we did have some fun doing that we had a watched too much a fun. lot of vines a lot of vines <laughs> a lot of vines yeah we are uh we are from the vine generation we are not of the tiktok generation i mean i like the tiktoks that people send to me most of the time i like the tiktoks out of vine energy yes yes exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think that's how all the compilations are titled <laughs> <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Rip Vine. I miss it so much, but like, we got to make do. We got to make do with what we have. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> However, one good thing about the distributors dropping off early today is the fact that there is now a bottle of the Boss Hog 7 staring at me directly in the eyes. The Boss Hog. The Boss Hog. But um, it's both good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm drooling. Whenever I see the bottle, yep. but and the topper is so fucking cool. Oh the God. box is so cool. It's so cool. Uh, it's a little dangerous because you think you can pick up the top of the box. You cannot. No. Even if it's securely fastened by its two buttons. <laughs> <laughs> it's two buttons. And then the bottle is so heavy because it's got like two inches of glass on the bottom of the bottle. Yeah. And, and then the heaviest cork <laughs> the I've ever seen. Topper. <laughs> It's but like you it's need more than two little, two little, two little like snaps. Decorative snaps. Uh, maybe it was just poorly packed by. I didn't forget him this time. Hunter. Hunter's back in the studio. <laughs> no, that's not a code name for Montreal. Uh, Montreal's no. dead. Well, then maybe it 
maybe it is. It'd be fitting. I guess I'll so. Yeah. Little ghost. Oh, <laughs> uh, you want to get some programming notes out of the yeah, way? Yeah, let's absolutely get that out of the way. First and foremost, just want to give another huge shout out to David Miller, who we also Ooh. found out, or who is our first ever supporter. Thank you, David. We also found out that he is also the person that left us our very first five star review, and it was a really cool review. It was a really cool review. Did we re- we didn't read it. Oh Apple no, we did Podcast. read it. Last yeah, we did. Time. Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah, we definitely did. Should we I read actually it again as even... thank you? What's that? What did you say? I said, should we read it again as a thank you? Uh, I mean, I don't think I don't think we have to. Whatever. You want to read it again? Fine, we'll read it again. Yeah, well, yeah, if we're thanking David Miller and we found out the connection, I mean, we're already here. I guess. <laughs> David Miller writes, for the wannabe high-class drunk, Kyle was my bartender when I lived in Lincoln, and he knew his stuff back then. This podcast brings the knowledge to everyone and can help us all pretend we know how to drink classily at our local bars. That's so thank you, David. Um yeah, and actually, David reached out to us after the last podcast, and he actually gave me a pretty good idea, and it was really honestly feedback. an idea that I I should have had in the first place. Like, it was once he once it, it was mentioned, it was weird that we hadn't been doing it from the yeah, start. It really, <laughs> it really was. Uh, David recommended that we um, put all of the all of our product recommendations and all of the well, really, yeah, just all the product recommendations. In the description, everything we talk about, yeah, yeah, in the description of the episodes, and we are going to try to do that from now on. Kyle just got out a trusty little notepad so that we can. I'm going to try and keep track, (laughs) so that we can try and keep track. I will try to keep track as much as possible too. Um, But yeah, uh, go ahead and give Stirred Not Shaken a follow over on Instagram at Stirred Not Shaken Pod, and also. If you want to be like David and have your uh, review read possibly twice on the podcast. Thank you, David. <laughs> give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We are on multiple different um, streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and others. And anywhere else <laughs> you can consume podcasts. <laughs> As Except far as we know, YouTube and SoundCloud, we, we're not quite on there yet because we're not that's, there yet. Season two. <laughs> <laughs> that's just honestly way too much work for me at this time. Yeah. Um, I also want to give a quick apology. There was, we promised you guys video content last week that was never delivered. And the reason being because my dumb ass. <laughs> Somehow accidentally unclipped my microphone during the video that we were recording. Um, and so there's some footage there. We might we might release it as some like bullshit, low quality, low rent footage. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was kind of the issue there. Uh, we will get video content up and running at some point in the near future. Yes. Um, we are actually currently working with Capital Cigar to potentially bring some more content through the Capital Cigar Lounge. Hell yeah. And 
that will be available to both you guys and our patrons here at the Capital Cigar Lounge. And it is going to be a fun little collaboration. Ooh. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Go ahead and tell a friend about this podcast. Word of mouth, people. That's how we get our that's how we get our names out there. That's how we can really actively pursue bringing some really cool high quality content to you guys also if you would support this podcast that is another huge incentive for us to really start committing to bringing super dope content to you guys well more super dope content than we're already bringing. be able to to do it more often more often yeah yes um so yeah basically that that video content was Do we want to do we want to redo it or do we want to just tell people what we did? Mm, it's a good question. Uh, Probably something I, we should have talked about off air. I I think let's take a moment. We'll discuss it after and see where, what we want to do. Okay. Um. But what do we have going on today? So a little bit of a cliffhanger there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Continue letting us know. <clears throat> what kind of content you guys want to see more of. Um, we might actually see some cigar content coming up in the near future, potentially. Stay in, tuned. Yeah. Yeah. Not to, not to put too many teases right up front, but potentially a really cool interview with a um, highly influential person here in the Lincoln, Nebraska area. About, the man, the myth, the legend. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Montreal. Very cool. <laughs> uh, today... We are talking about we're talking about a cocktail that needs no introduction and also really needs an introduction yeah. at the same time. Um, it is a cocktail that people don't really think about when, mm-hmm. especially when they're thinking about whiskey in particular. But it's also just not something people really think of as a cocktail. If the they think part. about this particular drink, they think of it in a like. I know, not in its true fashion, no, but in like the way it's essentially ordered. Yeah, but. yeah, because I mean, it's ordered in different ways around the world. Most commonly here in the United States, people are just going to order it. Hey, can I get a scotch and soda? Yeah, we are of course talking about, as it is referred to in other parts of the world, the whiskey highball. The whiskey highball. So yeah, the whiskey highball was. It's. I mean. Big in, I mean, it's really big everywhere. Yeah. But it's like, its ethos comes yeah. from Japan, from what I understand. Um, it's like a. Kyle, why don't with, you go ahead and take us into. Yeah. Um, I mean, as with mo- with most things, they like, someone else invented it and then the Japanese perfected it, uh, uh, as they do with, like we talked about with Japanese whiskey last time. Many different um, things. Yeah. They, many different things. They like to do that. Um, yeah, the so from my research, a bunch of sites were like, there's no like truly claimed origin because it was just like people started mixing scotch and soda, and then it developed from there. Um, from what I found, the predecessor to this cocktail was created as just carbonated water became more readily available in 19th century England, and the people of the high society were like, well, I like brandy. And now I can afford to have soda water. So I'm going to have soda water and brandy because what the fuck else am I going to have? 
And then after a little while, they started using scotch. And that was where, like, its origins apparently lie. Um, <laughs> but as for, like, the cocktail itself, it's still a very debated thing on when it actually became the highball cocktail. Because uh, the highball glass was introduced in the, the 1890s, and it was, like, pretty much an instant success because, I mean, it's a new glass. People are excited to work with it. And I mean, back then, yeah, there was like what pine yeah. glasses and rocks glasses, and that's pretty yeah, much Yeah, they're it. just like, ah, oh, here's an old, <laughs> I don't even <laughs> think they called it an old fashioned glass. <laughs> yet. No. They're just like, here's a glass that's shorter <laughs> and a glass that's taller, but this one was taller with straight sides. Incredible. It's, yeah, it's, um, tall, it's tall and skinny. Um, going back to the debated part, honestly, it's from what I've heard, at least, it's kind of debated on, I mean, We'll probably touch on this later, but it's honestly, from what I've heard, debated as to whether or not this actually qualifies as a cocktail. Yes. Because it's 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 whiskey and it, it's soda. It's a liquor and drink. It's a liquor and a drink. And it's two ingredients. Uh, well, Technically three. Would you shut up? Well, no, well, I mean... <laughs> This whole cocktail is like it's three ingredients. Yeah, like, yeah, true. And I, I'm talking about the citrus, not the ice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I should have clarified there. I'm not saying <laughs> the ice is one of the three core ingredients. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I <laughs> I thought we were on the same wavelength and we were not. Nope. <laughs> That's my nope. bad. <laughs> oh shoot. Anyways, go continue. <laughs> Yeah, um, the this has been the most, I'd say the most boring, like, name search for a drink I've ever been on, and, like, it's, like, two kind of meh ones, and then a really interesting, like, that's probably it case, um, so there's three potential origin stories, the first is, I mean, it's kind of a gimme, but <laughs> it's because the first, like, origin is that uh, the act of serving a cocktail in a tall glass is like referred to as like being a highball cocktail, which is like, yeah, okay. Wow, who would have thought? Who would have fucking thought? <laughs> uh, the second one is, well, actually, the second and third both deal with trains, but the second one is that early railroad signs had raised globes that just meant like there's a clear track ahead and it's a high ball it's a high ball yeah and so i guess people in trains that were all simultaneously drinking scotch and sodas were just like yeah it's a high ball you know you, you, you had to be there uh and then the third one which is that the most, seems the most far-fetched to me honestly. yeah, it, yeah. exactly but it's the most the third one's the most fun and it's like i can get behind it yeah but i mean i don't know what else it's probably the first one if we're being honest but I like the third one because it comes from the dining cars of early steam locomotives uh, where the engine, when it got up to speed, <laughs> there was a ball that showed the boiler pressure uh, was at its high level. And you'll never guess what they started calling it. They started referring to this as highballing, which oh, oh it's incredible. They, they, they said the thing, <laughs> they said it. <laughs> uh, which is just a testament of how easy it was to name shit. <laughs> Especially during this time period of just like being the first person to like discover like a whole qu like 
specific genre of things. It's oh, just, dude, there's a sphere that's up there. It's a high ball. It's a high ball. And then it was like, oh, God, like I need a scotch and soda. <laughs> and like that's that's how it came hey, it was about. A very refresh- it's a very refreshing beverage. Very, it is super refreshing. Um, and yeah, the uh, it is really interesting, though, because you do have the high ball class of drinks. And it's oh, believed yeah, yeah. like... The highball class came from like this specific first iteration, and then everything else falls into this category. Um, so generally, well, what are some other kind of classic highballs? Uh, are the, we talking like gin and tonics? I feel like is another one. The the most like like the OG the G&T. one that people like usually just know is like the rum and coke, which was classified in like Trader Vic's. 1972 bar manual but it was a the cuba libre which is like the og rum and coke from like cuban liberation from spain in the 1900s um that's classified as a highball drink the moscow mule is also classified as a highball drink even though it's like we're essentially talking about all of your your blank and blank drinks right the key is that the mixer is what's the most like prominent aspect of the drinks yeah. so like the mixer being the most or just your liquor and drinks yeah is a highball but this was like the first so they claim it's very interesting it is <clears throat> it's um, very interesting i mean i mean it's mostly just interesting to me because of what i said before about how like just two components can make um such complexity a sum larger than its parts yeah absolutely and it's perfect that we're talking about this after covering scotch and japanese whiskey because those are i mean primarily what's it's almost as if that was by design did we blow your minds (laughs) 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 um but yeah it's i mean it's great and i'm glad that we're uh, covering this cocktail as well because it is one of those that like at least when i started bartending and i read the recipe for whiskey highball i was like all right like who's pulling my leg what the fuck is this oh it's scotch and soda um and then i like i made one based on the like uh the cocktail codex version and like the actual specs yeah i was like wow this is this is actually really cool so much more yeah it came to make this yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, experience. yeah, it's so easy to scoff at it, you know, it's, it's, it's like three to one soda water to whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, yeah, like I said, it just, I mean, it equates uh, greater than the sum of its parts. And this category, this cocktail is very important to talk about because <clears throat> there are a lot, a lot of things that stem from this, as we kind of already touched on, mm-hmm. like, and why we really wanted to touch on it, why we wanted to do a whole episode on it, was because we know that there are a lot of you that are going to the bars and ordering a Jack and Diet or, you know, a rum and Coke and everything. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know about you, me personally. I want people to, I mean, the whole point of this podcast is to have people up up their cocktail game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe make a slightly more educated choice about what you're, you know, if you're just really starting to try to approach cocktails, maybe you'll get like a whiskey highball next instead of a Jack and Coke, right? I think it's also a really good way of like 
almost the other side of the same coin is like those people that are very uppity and very pretentious and they're like, I only yeah. drink the most exclusive armagnacs. <laughs> um, can be like, hey, like, look at this two-step cocktail yeah. that like you would you essentially don't look down on. Expensive scotch for yeah, like, and it provides a wonderful, complex experience. But yeah, it's because that's the cool thing about the whiskey highball is it's an every man's drink. Yeah, like no matter what, literally everybody stage your. But besides children, don't <laughs> give this to anybody under the age of twenty-one. That's bad unless you're in the UK. But like, <laughs> why would you be in the UK? Um, <laughs> No offense. No offense. Especially not to Scotland. I already offended them once by calling them Irish. <laughs> hey, less than 1% of our listeners are from the United Kingdom. I can see it right here. I can see it. Here, oh, man, he pulled up the analytics. Um, there's not enough data to uh, put it into regions, but there is someone from the UK. <laughs> there is someone from the UK? Wow, look at us go. We're international now. <laughs> uh, we're kind of a big deal. We're kind of a big deal. But, yeah, that's at least, like, you know, to ramble off of the origins, that's the big reason that we're talking about this drink that a lot of people might scoff at about just being a whiskey soda. Oh, it's yeah. It's so much more than that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, it's just... So, what's your favorite whiskey to make a, a whiskey highball with? So, I have had three whiskey highballs in... Ever? No, I'm, I was going to say within the last, like, like, in doing research for this over the past, like, few weeks, oh. I've had three different oh, okay. whiskey highballs uh, just to see, like, what would I enjoy yeah. Um, two of them are scotch based or I guess I've had four two were scotch based one was Japanese whiskey and then I tried one with bourbon just to, like fuck around and find out because um, I did one with Lagavulin really liked that one um, and then I used uh, Arbelauer 16 for my like Highland one um, 16 yes see now you've got me questioning if because it was at the other room, and oh no no no, I'm not saying that there's like oh no no like, no, I was just saying that sure. that's a that's a that's a mature whiskey to be thrown in a or yeah. I mean the Lagavulin was oh, the sixteen yeah, too, well. but it was it was what was what I knew would definitely stand up to it, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just to kind of see its complexities. Um, the bourbon one I just made at home, just used like Old Forester, and that one was was not as good to me as the other two. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But then uh, the Akashi was the Japanese one I used, and I wish I remembered the specs on that Akashi, but that one was probably my favorite. The Lagavulin and the Akashi were, like, tied for me. Well, that's <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I'll be honest. I mean, I just I don't really drink a whole lot of highballs just because, I mean... I tend to be kind of that uppity guy. <laughs> I had not had many highballs until yeah, <laughs> research. Yeah. Hey, we're willing to admit we're willing to admit our flaws. But um I mean I have had a few. I don't particularly like American whiskey in my highballs. I think it's just uh I don't think the flavor meshes well with the weird um 
carbonic acid. Yeah, is that effervescent. What it is? Yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't go well with the bubbles. Almost acidic bitterness, whatever yeah. the whatever the bubbles are. I don't know. It depends like, on what soda water you use. It's weirdly, like, American whiskey is very dependent on that sweetness, and that's, like, the first thing to go when you <laughs> add soda water, but, like, in a bad way. But at the same time, I... I don't really like peated whiskey either with my highballs. I think that's fair. I think everything really gets stripped away for me, at least everything else gets stripped away and you're pretty much just tasting the peat moss smoke. And while there are people that like that, that's, (laughs) that's not particularly (laughs) for me. Heard. Um, I, I love peated whiskey. I just don't, I just, if I'm going, that's not all I want to taste is what yeah. I'm trying to say. You want the other complexity. Yes, I would like, I would like the other things. For sure. I will say, I do honestly think the Japanese whiskey one was the best of all of them. I mean, there's <laughs> a reason there's such an art to the, to the Japanese making the whiskey highball. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have the exact recipe for the Japanese whiskey highball, on these notes. Um, I have the cocktail codex one, but it's not like the authentic, like from a Japanese bar. So I, oh, I was going to include Suntories and I forgot to add Suntories on here. Yeah. The Japanese highball is very much just, it's really. So last episode, when we were talking about Japanese whiskey, we kind of went on a little bit of an aside and we started talking about how Japanese whiskey in the past has been less of a style of whiskey and more of a craftsmanship sort of expression. Yeah. Like craftsman's expression through whiskey, right? And that very much comes into play here in a very, very precise, microscopic way. And (laughs) so... <clears throat> to read, I'm getting this. Okay. I'm getting this recipe off of Thrillist.com. But it is, they are citing. Uh, they're citing like an actual Japanese bar. For sure. Uh, that is not named in the article. But <clears throat> anyways. We tried to give credit. <laughs> yeah, we're trying. We're trying. Um so, step one, place one large cube of ice in a highball glass. Stir, just stir the ice with nothing else in the glass mm, just until... Just the cube. Yep, just the cube. Until a frost appears on the glass and then pour out any of the excess water. Add one more cube of ice and then add two ounces of Japanese whiskey to the glass. Step three, stir exactly 13 times clockwise not 12 not 14 not 14 not, not counterclockwise not even 13 and a fucking half 13 <laughs> half exactly gets, yeah. and that's pretty that, i mean that's really the part where you get super exact on the art yes. and everything of it um then you place a third cube of ice in the glass And the ice should pretty much fill everything. Yeah, the ice should pretty much go up to the top of the highball glass at this point. Yeah. And then you're just going to top with soda water until it reaches the height of the glass or the height of the ice. And then you're going to stir 
three times to incorporate everything. Just to combine. Just three times. That one, I think, is... That last stir is probably a little... I think is a little less exact than the... Yeah. Than the 13 times that you have to one's stir more just, just the whiskey like, with the ice. Like, make it mix. Like, just get everything. Just get You're everything not together. looking for dilution at that point. No. So, I think that is why the highball has really gotten into people's vocabularies a little bit more lately. For sure. Just because this recipe has made its way into like mainstream articles like fuck it's on thrillist yeah right i think i found how many recipes for this sidewalk shoes the boozy oyster um imbibe punch the manual it's just it's i mean it's everywhere now Mm -hmm. and it's just because of this ridiculously precise recipe i and um to add a little something to it, I did read in an article, um, I believe it was on Suntory's website, or it was an article by Suntory. Suntory had a hand in it, um, but they brought up that using a chilled glass will keep the like carbonation of the soda water longer. So then as you like continue to drink, like you won't lose that key element, which I think is like a testament to just how great at the crafts that they like put effort into is like oh yeah it's it's incredible especially like i mean even from like bar tools i usually i'm more hesitant of things that are not like japanese made bar tools because like they've got the quality but also like in their recipes i'm like there's precision here for a reason they're not just doing it just to do it even if it sounds like it (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everybody thinks that you sound like super like mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, <laughs> you this only is stir a- yours for twelve times. Oh, this is or uh, this is a Japanese jigger or yeah. anything like that. But I mean, there's a reason that Japanese has that or that Japanese products have that ethos. Yeah, <laughs> it's because they're like they're dope and they're never ever going to well, not never ever. They're usually not. They, they usually don't stir you wrong, especially if they're actually made in Japan. <laughs> stir you wrong, like the podcast. Uh, dude. <laughs> did, did we just blow your mind? <laughs> uh. But anyway. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's... Yeah. So. yeah. Sorry. Lost in the beauty that is the art of Japanese bartending. Um, yeah, they've they yeah, really we could just talk about Japanese bartending for a sec if you really want to. <laughs> no, well, we'll s- we can and we probably will, but I feel like we're going to continue touching on it so it'll get the praise that it definitely deserves. You um, know what? I think this would actually really make a good highball. Well, see, that's why I was going to grab a LaCroix because I was going to try and make a highball with this. Yeah, I grabbed um, too strongly, fla- too strongly of flavored LaCroix, I feel yeah. like. Well, see, I didn't know we didn't have the regular one, and I wasn't about to put the spout back on the soda gun. <laughs> um, but really quick to take a quick mention, and I will definitely be sure to write this one down as well. We are sipping on the Fucano whiskey, uh, the 2020 edition. And how many casks was this aged in? Different casks? First of all, it's <clears throat> edition 2020. Not the 2020 edition. 
Shut up. <laughs> but it was aged in six different casks. Or excuse me, six different types of casks. Uh, three of which are going to be sherry barrels. Two of which are going to be bourbon barrels. Or some type of American oak barrels. And the sixth and final one is going to be first fill red wine casks. And it's a, it's a fairly lightly aged spirit. It's not, I mean, there's no age statement on here. Yeah. Which, I mean, likely, I mean, we talked about all the, the brand new Japanese regulations last year. Or last year. Last <laughs> week. Last week. <laughs> it does really feel, feel like a year <laughs> it ago. It kind of does sometimes. My God. But, um they don't really have any specific age requirements. So that kind of leads me to believe mm-hmm. that it's a pretty young spirit. Some, like nice, lightly rested. Cause it had a nice, like sherry that, flavor on the end of it. Yeah. It's like that like, nice, like a little bit of a nuttiness. Yeah. That almost like on the end of it. Weedy mapley, like Oloroso. Yeah. Taste. It was, it's good. I really enjoyed this one. The red wine comes through a little bit right on the, right on the front end with the, yeah. uh, yeah, we're I really like talking about this. Like they're like sponsoring us, but, they're not. They're not. Uh, this is a free pub. So that's how you know that we really like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean. Yeah. This is a quality. It's a quality beverage, and I would not be ashamed of putting this in a Japanese highball. Although, me personally, Japanese highball, whiskey highball, <laughs> <laughs> either or, they're essentially they're essentially the same thing now. Um. But yeah, I tend to make mine a little bit heavier on the whiskey than what is typically recommended Same. not for any reason other than <laughs> i just want, I just want more, more whiskey. whiskey yeah exactly <laughs> it's not like i'm trying to get fucked up over here but not all the time <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first goal <laughs> yeah 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 we'll say yeah we'll say that it's a happy little byproduct yeah yeah um <laughs> but yes <laughs> uh so the the whiskey highball I, i'm just gonna kind of talk about a couple more of the variants that sprung off the whiskey highball a little bit for sure uh, we talked about the gin and tonic the vodka tonic uh the tom collins is a <coughs> is a pretty important one it is uh, we'll probably go into a little bit more detail about that one soon but <laughs> in a season most likely next season yeah likely next season yeah because likely 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 barley barley <laughs> uh, yeah, the Tom the Tom Collins has. I mean, it's got it's got it's got a long history to it. But um, I mean, what I mean, it's essentially a gin sour, but just topped with soda water. That's yeah. what makes it a Collins or a highball. Mm-hmm. Which do we know? Do we know? Did we make, did we make a note about uh, the equivalence between Collins and highballs? Or no, is that we did something not. Something that we will go into. We, I mean, the gin version we, of this. We episode. could right now, but I don't have that at the forefront. That's fine. Of, uh, That's fine. We can do moment, that. We can do that when we get to the gin version mm-hmm. of this episode. Yeah, we'll 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 handle the variations as they come, and we'll just we're focusing yeah, we'll on just the roots. Yeah, we'll just. <clears throat> We'll just reference. We'll just reference back to this episode whenever we talked about those. Yes, Anyways, absolutely. Um, Long Island iced tea. Ever heard of it? Ever heard of her? <laughs> ever ever heard of her? So another tangent. While we're on this tangent, yeah. One of the first bar books I've ever read was from like essentially before there were liquor limits on drinks, mm-hmm. 
and uh, it's called for a six ounce, like, made um, fucking Long Island iced tea. So it's just one and a half ounce each clear spirit, and then an ounce of triple sec. And then it said a splash of Coke, but it specified that it was in a pint glass with the ice at the end. And it was like splash Coke, splash lemonade. And I was like, this is, this is fucking se- or, sorry, seven ounces. Cause it's six ounces of clear spirits, then an ounce of triple sec. And they were just like, yeah, here's, here's how you make this drink. And I was like, that's fucking incredible. That's one hell of a highball <laughs> right there. <laughs> that is. <laughs> Woo. You're That's feeling sorry. uh, you're feeling it after that one. You're, you're, you're really feeling it. After I have that the one. book at home, and I will try and find it so I can give a uh, credit where it's due. I guess, <laughs> but uh, do we really want to give credit? I mean, yeah. all of the drinks are like that. I know, like it's incredible. <laughs> I thought it was like, oh, it's measured in parts, and it was like, no, it's measured in ounces. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> hold up. Uh, it's it's crazy but yes um but that's that's a great example of like the highball is such a broad category oh yeah and it's really cool to see like this is the root of it and just how far it spreads across oh yeah and let's take a let's take a little trip to italy the americano gin or no not gin Campari, very much not gin. <laughs> Campari, sweet vermouth, and soda water. Not, I know we're not really talking about whiskey right now, but um, I mean, it just goes to show how far that this lengthening, yeah, yeah, lengthening out a cocktail with soda water goes. Like it's Absolutely. just not only does it make it like a lower ABV, easy sipper sort of situation, but like it's just, I mean, there's some, I mean. It's hard to describe. You kind of just have to experience it, right? Yeah. It's it's more of an experiential thing than it is. It's cool to like think of these drinks as connected, um, even though they're not. They're, yeah, yeah, they're like like for them grouped in the same cocktail family. Like it's just kind of neat to see. Um, another the Greyhound. Like, yeah, another quick Paloma. side tangent like the um, what's it what's it fucking called? The gin and tonic. Uh, <laughs> The Cocktail Codex is one of the best books I've ever read. Shout out to the the Death and Co team for making it. But how they connect cocktails together is awesome. Because it's not like, oh yeah, these all spun off of each other and got here. But it's just like you can see where cocktails change and making them connected makes it a lot easier. And that's what I think the highball does a great job of doing. Yeah, and this is one of those things where it's one of those weird things in history where these all happened generally in the same time period, but like completely separate from each other. Yeah, absolutely. Ideas that had no, like were nowhere close to each other geographically. Yeah. Just yeah, and when, like between societies that didn't, I mean, they didn't have like no communication between each other, but they, mm-hmm. uh, def- I, I can almost guarantee you that they weren't talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even if they were, it was like, hey, I made this drink. And someone else was like, well, fuck you, I made this drink. <laughs> like, okay, they're different. It's okay. It's like, all right, chill, bro. Chill, like, like, we're what? just, just what getting drunk doing? over here. Like, this fuck. Is, this is, let's just get a little crunk. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's great to see, and especially, like, 
the simplicity of this drink making it easy for like bartenders anywhere to make it. But also this drink has so much complexity in its flavor and damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, before it really found prominence again recently, we see another, I mean, this is becoming a recurring theme. Rise, I'm, fall, I'm rise. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like right now, everything is, there's a lot of things that are on the rise, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because of people like you and me, you know, we've got, we've got tattoos, we've got long hair with, you know, with product in it, kind of slicked. <laughs> Slick to the side or Are slick back or whatever. Me? I'm not. Atta- <laughs> I'm not attacking you. I've got fucking. I'm getting a tattoo on Friday. Oh well, I mean, you don't have your slicked hair right now. No, Mr. I don't because like it. My hair. I know, that's, <laughs> but that's what I meant. Like, I mean, it's it was. Slick it was back. just. It was just a joke. It's kind of slick back. There's just no product in it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like a lot of other things. The white liquor boom. The fucking white liquor boom. <laughs> Very cool white liquor. Kind of killed. Kind of killed. Not not killed it, but like it it, it it put a it put a significant damper on things, and uh, you know it was the the disco boom at the same time. The disco mm-hmm. drinks, your apple teenies. Apple teenies. Ooh. Oh. Um. What was it? The like the the disco drink like the golden Cadillac that was just like. Oh my God! What was it? It was creme de cacao. There was cream in it and Galliano. Bro, you oh Galliano, yeah, yeah. We have really, and by me, I'm speaking generally as just modern bartenders, um, have really taken Galliano from being just like literally confined to that one cocktail, Harvey (laughs) Wallbanger, and then it sits on a shelf. As a huge fucking bottle until someone orders a Harvey Wallbanger. <laughs> we have taken that and actually turned it into something useful, which I don't even know. What's the major what's the major flavor in Galliano? It's like it's like, it's uh, like an anisette. Like it's not Is it? From what I believe. Well see now now that you've mentioned it, it's got me questioning, but I believe like anise is at least a big flavor in it. Uh it's yeah, it's Brandy, sweet, herbal liqueur, just like pretty much every other. It's just like every liqueur. other every <laughs> other thing from this time. It's uh, a herbal liqueur. Vanilla, uh, anise, you know, whatever. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, the, I mean, these are just your typical ingredients that go yeah. into this. Just in everything around this time, kind of had a similar anise, juniper, vanilla, whatever. But mm-hmm. <laughs> Galliano. Drink it. <laughs> Galliano, the Harvey Wallbanger liqueur. Um, <laughs> the Harvey Wallbanger of liqueurs. Um, what were we even talking about? That's an awesome question. I know uh, we definitely, we were talking about oh, modern we were talking bartenders. About the, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the white, the white liquor boom and the introduction of your disco cocktails and how shochu gin and vodka i really hope i'm saying shochu correctly i believe so okay um those are kind of the spirits that were included in these disco cocktails not so um, much shochu. shochu shochu was more the, than the japan yeah the other two that was but. i mean yeah that was just people in japan drinking it mm-hmm. 
Um, rum, I believe, is the the third. Yes, rum. Rum would be rum would be the third. <laughs> a little different. Yeah. <laughs> rum would be the third. Um, sorry, I just saw shochu here in the notes. Um, <laughs> you could. <laughs> it, it is shochu gin and vodka for that section on the Japanese drink market. <laughs> yeah, the the white liquor boom, which I think we might take a different tone with when we get to the white liquor boom when we're covering it with other drinks, but I don't know. Right now we're in whiskey mode, and this and like, just, I mean, yeah. It fucked my boy over. <laughs> yeah. Right now we're, yeah, right now we're in whiskey's corner, and, yeah. like, white liquor was bullying whiskey for a while. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> I think that was the wrong button. <laughs> I'm upset. There we go. We, we found it again. Um, I'm just going to stay yeah, on. Uh, and it's, it's cool to see how the... Not cool, I guess. It's interesting to see how the white liquor boom affected. Very cool like, white liquor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, how it affected like the international markets, not just like the U.S. market. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but the cocktail, I mean, kind of how I touched on, uh, it found prominence like many other things once again in the mid two thousands, thanks to Suntory strategy to set out and redefine the highball. Which we talked about in our last episode. Yeah. Suntory. Yeah. That was pretty much the one of the main reasons why Toki even exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was designed, maybe not intentionally and specifically for the highball. Just but that's kind of really well. In the highball. Yeah, it just does really well in it because it's not super strongly flavored, but you get enough whiskey from it. Yeah. And um, it just kind of became the the go to thing for people to throw in a, yeah. in a whiskey highball. You get like, from what I understand, you get more nuances from the toki as a highball that are maybe more like covered up from like just having it neat or on the rocks. And that makes sense for something that's as lightly aged as it is yeah absolutely. like it's a pretty i mean it's more of a rest than anything yeah because like barrel flavors can be pretty intense oh absolutely i mean they not they not that they can be pretty they are pretty intense right yeah. they will i mean they take over most of the flavor profile especially i mean especially in bourbon and american mm-hmm. whiskey but um okay. anyway yeah <laughs> so to get I mean, it does make sense that diluting it with soda water will sort of bring out some of those more nuanced complexities that mm-hmm. you get that you would get from like a new make. It's also like it's nice that like the effervescence doesn't kill the whiskey and like the whiskey doesn't ruin the soda water in a weird way. Like they ruin they the soda water. Well, see, and that's that's not the best way for me to put that, but like. Bubbles in drinks don't always make sense, but like for some reason with Japanese whiskeys, it's like, I don't know, the experience is so much better by the fact that those bubbles are there. Yeah. The whiskey whiskey doesn't like fight the bubbles, if that makes any sense (laughs) at the point I'm trying to make. No, I mean, it. yeah, I mean... It does to me. I don't know how that is coming off to the listeners. I at hope home. it doesn't sound as pretentious as I think oh, it, it sounds. Oh, it absolutely sounded that pretentious. But <clears throat> I understand what you're saying. At least I know that. You um, get me right, Hunter. <laughs> Hunter's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What are you talking about, bubbles? 
No, it's just like. Gosh, I'm try I'm trying to I'm trying to process it and try to trying to find a way to spit it out like in a little bit a more simpler. Yeah. Um way. it's just You know what? I can't even think of anything. I think the best way is just make yourself a highball. Make yourself highball. That's, Actually, it's like describing Heather no, as a flavor. Don't don't make yourself a highball. Go to a bar, support your local bars. And go order a whiskey highball, preferably with some sort of Japanese whiskey, because mm -hmm. that tends to be the consensus on what goes best with this drink. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely go come to our bar. Come to our bar. And, the know. Capital Cigar Lounge in Lincoln, Nebraska. Also, go to the other room in Lincoln, Nebraska. 68512. 68512. My God. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, make... If your bartender asks you Cheney. what a whiskey highball is, don't order a whiskey highball from him or her. Yeah, that's probably a good call. Like, um, try and find a craft lounge or a place that like has a good reputation for drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't need. Yeah, they don't have to be a craft cocktail lounge, but they have to at least like have knowledgeable yeah. bartenders. And, I, and right? I, I know it doesn't have to be, but like I feel like you have a higher rate of success. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you could go, you could go try to order a whiskey highball. Be like, what the fuck, and then order don't go to Red like Robin a, and order a whiskey highball unless I mean, they have a really, really good bartender at Red Robin. I mean, you could just, I mean, you could go there and then you could like order a a, a scotch and soda or something if you real. If I mean, if you were at Red Robin and you really wanted that like highball fix, like you just happened to be in Red Robin, you were listening to this podcast on your way over to Red Robin. And you were like, oh, did, did I touch a nerve or something? <laughs> <laughs> Do I sound angry right now? <laughs> it was just like, now we're doubling down on Red Robin. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with Red Robin. It's just Red Robin is Red Robin, you know? I would, Yum. <laughs> I would be talking the exact same manager, eh, manner if you had said Chili's or Applebee's. I'd, I'd just say it like that. <laughs> What, like chilies? <laughs> yes. No, it was more a, I didn't expect my passing comment to turn into a conversation. And then we were there and I was like, well, damn. So. I'll just say you can go order a scotch and, sh or scotch and soda. I'm, I can't, I can't fucking talk. What a great time for me to like not stop being able to talk. Yeah, I know. When it's, we were it's doing good. a podcast. We've had some long days. Yeah, yeah. I really need some sleep. I'm taking the day off tomorrow because I need yeah, to fucking sleep. And you sleep. deserve it so much. Uh, with the highball. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, uh, cocktail found prominence again in the mid 2000s. We already touched on that. Token, mm -hmm. Blah 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 blah. Um, Actually, yeah, I guess there's not really much more besides our rambling to really go over. Yeah, and we um, actually it's kind of perfect timing. Uh, do we? Do you have any other? I mean, I guess we kind of just. I guess our rambling were. Kind of our burning, our burning comments that we really wanted to talk yeah. about. I mean, um, I would say like this. I guess the only like comment I really have to say on the episode is like I felt like this was one that I learned a ton on because I hadn't like dismissed the whiskey highball, but I was like, oh, like I'll admit, like I got to almost a pretentious zone of being like, well, what complexities could really be found in this like this two part cocktail? I thought it was a classic that was included in books because like it's a general category. And oh yeah. 
I feel like I learned a new appreciation for this particular cocktail, but others in its categories. Whereas like I used to just view rum and Cokes as like, well, I'm just going to get fucked up on a rum and Coke. And it's like, well, well, that's kind of the goal. (laughs) Um, There is still some form of like, I don't know, art and appreciation to go into it. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, and that, I mean, this is a very humbling episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Especially if you have a bartender that knows what he's talking about. Really quickly, I'm going to introduce us to a new segment that I want us to start doing. Oh, no. <laughs> it's called This Week in... Uh, this week in this, I was going to say This Week in Whiskey, but I f- that's not sustainable. That's so, not sustainable. Uh, name, Coming name, to the end of our season of whiskey. <laughs> name to be determined. But... We could just call it Bar Talk. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bar Talk. Um... <clears throat> Do you, I'm going to ask you, this is going to be a little choose your own adventure here. Uh, Do you want to go uh, Maker's Mark, Bomore, um, hold on, Space Whiskey, or Zero Proof Spirits? Uh, I feel like I personally have read up enough on like the Zero Proof to not be... Space whiskey sounded neat, but I'm worried that it's going to like fizzle out. But let's go space whiskey. So, Arch Enemy Space Whiskey is this comes from distiller.com, by the way. Uh, Arch Enemy Space Whiskey is made from a blend of two straight bourbon whiskeys, each distilled in space, Indiana. Oh <laughs> my god. Um, yeah, honestly, there's I I just th- this was kind of a gotcha little tidbit because oh. there's really nothing special about this. Was um, it made by like like Indiana like MGPI? I'm guessing so. <sighs> yeah, they don't specifically say, but they of course they won't. Mm, yeah, no, they they never. Damn will. it! Um, I chose the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> This whiskey was released by entertainment company Legion M, inspired by their major motion picture, Arch Enemy, released in December 2020. God damn it. <laughs> it's a celebrity whiskey? Uh, not even a celebrity whiskey. A well, I mean that like studio. that caliber. Yeah. You know, like Dan Aykroyd's Crystal Skull Vodka. That's a face right there. <laughs> One of the only exceptions being... Of course, George Clooney's Casamigos. Cause Very solid product. Give me, other me, me, than me. The Mezcal. The Mezcal. I We're trying to give credit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, do you actually want to know what the Bumore one is? Yes, that was the other one I was going to choose because I was hoping it'd be like, hey, here's a here's an, here's an Octomore update. So, uh, Bumore is a, is an Isla single malt brand, which means it's one of, it's going to be one of your peatier um, scotches. Uh, the... They released two new single malts, and one is, or they're they're both called collectively the Timeless series, right? Ooh. One is a 27 year old bottling, which was matured oh in God. sherry and bourbon cast for 15 years, and then it was transferred to <clears throat> Firstville Oloroso sherry butts oh, for Lord. 12 more years. And it's bottled at a cast strength of 52.7%. Nice. And then, for the other Timeless, 
It was aged for 31 years, and it was My matured God. in ex-bourbon casks for 29 years. Jesus. <laughs> and then the whiskey was transferred to uh, Spanish oak, Matusalem. Matu- Is that how you say that? I don't know how it's spelled, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> M-A-T-U-S-A-L-E-M. Matusalem sherry butts to finish maturing for another two years. Balled at just under... Uh, cast strength at 45.4%. However, the 31-year-old is exclusive to duty-free shops. Or as they say here, global travel retail outlets. Nice. Um, only 3,000 bottles of each are produced. The 27-year has an SRP of $1,525. So we are never going to taste these <laughs> unless they like, you know what, let's let's take and pity and send them one. The 31-year has an SRP of $12,000. My God. Um, Thank you, Bowmore. Very cool. <laughs> so while these are very cool, we are likely never going to be able to try them, but I mean, the but we packaging. Can get our hands on a Bowmore. The packaging is pretty tight. Oh, like, dude, of course it's going to be pretty tight. Like, look at that. Oh my god, that's one of the coolest things <laughs> I've ever seen. The bottle itself is, I mean, it's dope, but it's not is impressive. Solid, but that case. The case is, is incredible. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a DNA strand and a and an hourglass kind of kind of mixed together. It was, I mean, this is like, it's super tight. Go look it up. Go look up the Bowmore timeless yeah the bone the bone more timeless series uh, what were the other two ones that i said the space yeah, i said space whiskey um did i say maker's mark yes you did uh, maker's mark had their latest wood finish um it is going to be called the fae one one it's just finished in secondary barrels containing proprietary wood staves so there's nothing a whole lot exciting there because I don't actually, I mean, nobody knows what's actually in it. Mm-hmm. However, <clears throat> Tank Array just released their very own Zero Proof Gin. Oh, so they're trying to, like, not trying to compete, but they're in that, like, seed lip market of NA spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this is coming along with this big boom of, um, I can't remember who started it, but there's we like, saw. Bud zero points or which one? I know there's Heineken zero point zero. Bud Light has an NA. Uh, Coors has an Lagunitas NA. Hop Water fucking slaps. Okay, Lagunitas. That's a completely different category. I know, and but I would actually, kind of like to try a highball with that. That'd be. I fair. would like it, but it's also like I think as far as like NA beer options, it's at least worth throwing out. Oh there. yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, it's. Unless you're like going for like a one of those German NA beers, yeah. I feel like the ones from Germany are like way better than anything else that you can get on the American market. Oh yeah, the hop water is gonna be uh is gonna be a good bet. I mean, it's obviously not gonna taste like beer, no. but it's gonna have some hoppy flavor and some soda water, which is like really cool. I um, so the Aviary released their Zero book, which was just all their non-alcoholic recipes um and seed lip came out with like three 
like zero percent like n- non-alcoholic spirits i've heard c-lib is actually like the go-to for like it absolutely is zero proof spirits two of the three i forget like their garden one was awesome I think they would perform like a little more, like they wouldn't get lost as much if you infused them with something to just mm-hmm. kind of pull the flavors forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm excited because I feel like, like NA drinks are going to have a huge boom, but also like, I think it's really cool that we might start seeing NA bars pop up for people that like are or were alcoholics that like want, the experience of going out and getting a drink with friends, but like they don't have to go down that route. Yeah. 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 I really, really like the idea of that. For sure. For sure. Um, you know what? These weren't on our, on our little roundup, but <clears throat> I, uh, do want to mention this, that it looks like whistle pig is just about ready to start releasing their own spirits. Hell Yeah. Which, I mean, it's not that the boss hog isn't, like, super dope or anything. But a lot of it's been sourced. <coughs> yeah. It looks like they're actually going to release a bourbon. Ooh. Their own bourbon. Their own bourbon. Ooh, damn. Nice. And it also looks like Canadian Club, which <laughs> they're about. CC and 7. Looks like they're getting ready to drop a 44-year-old whiskey. Blended whiskey. Wow. Which, good for, I mean, actually, TBD on that. TBD. The TBD. fucking Canadian I'll the, I'll, wait for the, I'll wait for the reviews to come in on that before yeah. I even consider glancing in its direction mm-hmm. because I don't think I'll be able to afford I it. I am extremely excited for the talk about Canadian whiskey because I have some fucking opinions. Oh, yeah, bud? Oh, yeah, bud. <laughs> All right. Well, since... Since it's getting to about that time and we spent a solid chunk of this episode on news, I think it's uh, I think it's about time we get out of here. I think so. I like, I like um, that thought. Is there anything else that you... Uh, I know I kind of already asked you this, but is there anything else that you want to touch on at all while we're here? Nothing besides thank yous. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again. Thanks again, David Miller. Um, don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at Stir Not Shaken Pod. Uh, please leave us a five star rating and review. Tell at least one thousand of your closest friends about this podcast. Um, I mean, that's kind of. I mean, that's gonna be how we grow. It's doable. It's doable. Yeah, I think. I think so. I mean, most people have you know a good amount of friends, right? Spam all your friends on Facebook, all especially the people that are like trying to sell you pyramid schemes yeah hit them yeah. back with our podcast all and give your, them something yeah. of actual quality all your mlm friends yeah. make sure you <laughs> be an mlm sure for us podcast. <laughs> tell them if they pay us we will give them uh, ad space well we'll see not our bond yeah or mary Kay. no offense keep your mlms away from us <laughs> the more i think about yeah, it yeah actually yeah don't do that um but anyways yeah thank you guys we Big shout out it. to uh, Mr. Miller out there. Love you, man. We really do appreciate it. It's nice to uh, be releasing episode nine and just be excited for the future of this too. Like, it's exciting. New stuff is coming. New stuff is coming. Thanks, everybody. Love you bunches. Love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>